Welcome to the Macomb Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast, where we connect students and listeners to what's happening in Israel and give you insight behind the headlines. I am your host, Michael Unterberg, here as always with co-host Alan Goldman. How you doing, Alan? Okay. Okay, Alan, would you introduce today's guest, please? It'd be my great honor and privilege um, that uh, Liel Zahavi Asa has joined us today. And Liel uh, made Aliyah from Berkeley, California, when she was six years old. So she's basically a, a, a Sabra, in our, in, our, in our opinion. And she spent time in the States and worked at Rutgers Hill as the IACT birthright coordinator, and then as the director of Israel Engagement and Jewish Life. Liel holds a master's degree in Jewish education from Hebrew University, and will, God willing, be very soon finishing her um, tour guide course and becoming a licensed yeah. tour guide. Good. How you doing, Leo? Thanks for having me. Uh, our pleasure. So, before we start talking about um, your life as a uh, at Rutgers, I wanted to uh, just mention that there's a very big news event for those who are listening to the podcast in close to real time. Uh, there was this terrible explosion. The videos are just shocking in Lebanon, and so we'll wait till we get a little more information to unpack. But obviously. Our hearts and prayers go out to the people of Beirut, and uh, there's a tremendous amount of suffering. It's really unfathomable, like more than 300,000 people without homes, you know? Yeah. It's like, I mean, the yeah. death is terrible, obviously, and that's the, the count is still, you know, up there, but... Uh, It'll be like, in the dozens, but lives are, businesses, I mean, over just... Over 100, yeah, over yeah, 100. Yeah, yeah, so, but, so... Yeah, it's hard to calculate exactly. You know, hospitals overcrowded, yeah. so that people's maybe life-sustaining injuries uh, just uh, and, and their economy had already collapsed within the last couple months. It's it's a ca- Lebanon has been a cascading kind of, series of disasters yeah. more more or less since the '80s. So this is just and, and the fact that it may come up to bureaucratic incompetence, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so again, we'll unpack this more uh, as time goes on. Um, yeah. Today, we really wanted to talk to you, Liel, not only about your Israel education, bona fides, mm-hmm. and perspectives in general, but in particular, uh, working on an American campus. As you know, a, a lot of our listeners are our students who took our course here in Israel, and then they go back to whatever country they came from and go to university there. I just wanted to, I'll open with just a general question about your insights into uh being a Zionist on, let's start with an American campus. Mm-hmm. What we are, what 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 experiences come to mind? Um, that's. <laughs> I think so. I think too broad a question. It? No, was that too no, broad a question? question? I I think. <clears throat> okay. I think one thing that when when we're talking about campuses in the states, I think one thing that's really important to consider all the time is what campus are we talking about? What state are we talking about? What's the climate on campus? How involved are the students? That changes everything, everything, everything. Um, so you can have a, it's yeah, really different. You can have like a, I don't know, a really small, uh, I don't know, conservative uh, university in the South, which like you can probably find it a lot easier to be a Zionist in that situation. And then you can have like a large, um, I don't know, public university in California, which is, you know, maybe you're likely to, to, to face a little bit more pushback in terms of, uh, you know, voicing your opinion as a Zionist on campus. So I think that's... Is it an incorrect impression that I have that Jews t- happen to be attending the campuses that are more controversial towards Israel? In other words, those small conservative campuses in the South don't have that many right. Jews. But the ones that the more yeah, liberal, yeah, 
the more campuses. liberal campus definitely yeah. attract um, more Jewish students for sure. Um, I also think that you know we have to take into consideration that like location, right? Like at usually mm-hmm. the yeah exactly. usually where where there is large populations of Jewish communities in the states, that's also where the big universities are, and um, and there's mm-hmm. not a small number of Jewish students who right. attend you know large universities universities like NYU and Columbia and um, USC or UCLA or, mm-hmm. you know, big names like that. Um, so, yeah, being in a Zionist on campus, um, I think specifically I mentioned this because I'll just give my personal experience as a, as a, you know, student on a college campus. I went to a really small private school Please. in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So, you know, Cambridge, Massachusetts is uh, a very liberal place. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was a small campus. Yeah, so Leslie what University. School? What school? Yeah. Oh, Leslie. Um, nice. So very small campus, um, very uh, little little tension, right? Like it was in no one's interest on campus as when I was a student to get into it. Um, so me and like, you know, the seven other Jewish students that attended the university who were affiliated, um, we, you know, we did what we wanted. We built a sukkah in the middle of the of campus quad, and we um, held different events with different groups, whether that was like a multi- multicultural club or whether that was like the Christian Students Union. Um, and it was it was fairly easy to be a Zionist, actually. It was fairly easy. We got a lot of support mm-hmm. from all kinds of, you know, pro-Israel organizations that were based in the Boston area. Um, and it and it was great. It was really great. And, you know, we can all sort of just like live our lives and, and do, you know, the, the outreach that, you know, that we wanted to do and no one really bothered us. Yeah. Live and let live. Um, so take that right in compare in comparison to a large university, um, where it's much more difficult to be an outward Zionist, I think in the classroom and outside the classroom. Um, so I know, for example, Mm -hmm. when I started working at Rutgers university, um, which is not a school that is, um, known for a lot of really, um, uh, a lot of uh, like like pushback against you know Zionism or 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 even Jews on campus. Period. It's the it's the university with the largest amount of Jewish students in the whole country. Like I think six thousand four hundred. So wow. um So again, you know, it was again a university that wasn't not not percentage wise, proportion yeah. like numbers wise, right, right, not exactly. Um, and uh, so again, it wasn't it. What I I didn't work at Columbia, you know, um, and and. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I, I would assume that a student's experience uh, in Rutgers versus in Columbia is incredibly different. And I've met, obviously, many students who, who go to universities mm-hmm. who struggle a lot more, uh, even in like schools like Michigan as, as well. So um, what my students did struggle with um, was facing a lot of sort of anti, anti-Zionism from their professors, I think. Um, that was something that, that mm-hmm. they really sensed. And I remember them coming into my office a lot and just being very frustrated with their professors who would argue with them or who would give them bad grades on, 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 the, on the work that they did because they chose to talk about sort of uh, a pro-Israel uh, perspective. Um, and, you know, there's always going to be the students on a large campus, especially who are going to try to um, make a scene and protest against whatever it is that the Hillel is doing or whatever it is that the Zionist students are doing. Um, but again, it just really depends on what kind of campus you're on and what kind of um, participation there is between the different students. Because you can have you know, some universities that are really hostile, but at the same time, you can have amazing student leaders who are doing amazing work together in order to sort of, you know, breach, br- breach that... that um, those stereotypes, I guess, of like, oh, well, you're a Jew and you're a Zionist and mm-hmm. Israel and that's an apartheid state. And then, you know, there's this whole new development in the last couple of years that's called, you know, relational advocacy, um, which is basically 
I'm a student, you're a student, I'm a human, you're a human, let's be friends, I want to learn about your culture and history, you want to, like, hopefully you want to learn about mine as well, and then it's just like this, this beautiful partnership that, that can be created, if you do it right, between the different groups on campus, the different minority groups usually on campus, and, and that, you know, helps a lot with the hostility that, that could be there. Again, I'm talking about a campus in which you have students who are willing to see each other for who they are and work and work together, right? There's obviously, you can also come to campus. Which ideally should be what universities are all about. Like yeah. the whole, right? Like that's, that you would, you, would, you would wish that all universities would foster, encourage, and, and represent that atmosphere. Yeah. Well, that, that's where I see, I see, I see a, a, a conflict here, right? And what's the conflict? Um, you'll tell me if I, you know, I'm off base. I, I had a conversation this week with a campus worker in another mm-hmm. school. It sounds similar to Rutgers, where they're nervous, like they, they wanted their student, they want to run a program potentially with us um, uh, online. And because their students, again, it's, it's less the, it's like what you're explaining with Rutgers. It's less about the student population as much as it is with going into classes sure. where they find a lot of friction with professors and things like that. So. The relational approach, again, relations are great. I'm not, I'm not saying don't be fair, right? And I, it's true, that's what university is supposed to foster, mm-hmm. is cross-cultural relation and people talking. Uh, but the problem is with that, that, I, that we found, I believe, I'm speaking we, is that students, the, the Jewish students are expected to know about Israel mm-hmm. and Zionism, and expected to be protecting or, I don't know, whatever. Representing, talking, representing explaining. Yeah. Representing that. But the truth is, they they don't really mm-hmm. know a lot. The education is is lacking. So the relationship um, track is very good in sense of one on one and building bridges between different mm-hmm. peoples and cultures. But as Jews, certainly we have like this friction between like a, a diaspora Jewish culture or American in this particular sense, an American Jewish culture, which isn't always the same, which isn't the same as as Israel and Zionism and. And they don't know how to like necessarily our students. I feel like don't know how to bridge those different um, categories. Then, yeah, does it? Yeah, definitely. Make sense what I'm saying? Um, I think one of the things that I struggled with most in terms of of being involved, or in terms of managing Israel on campus, and 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 being involved with all the outside organizations that wanted to come in and really educate our students, right? All the advocacy organizations. Um, mm. And, you know, and put on events and things like that and, you know, co- sort of get the student leaders to be their, their representatives on campus, um, which, which often works. Uh, I, I feel like one of the things that I've, I found very difficult was that they were, not every Jewish student wants to be expected to be standing on a soapbox in the middle of the quad shouting about, you know, Zionism mm-hmm. and Israel and how Israel's, you know, legit, has legitimacy, you know, and, um, right. um and I, I found a lot of students who, you know, they are passionate about Israel and they are passionate about their Judaism and they're at Shabbat dinner every every uh, week and, and they love, you know, Israeli music and making shakshuka. But are they going to stand up and, and, and advocate for Israel face to face with, you know, their peers who who have, you know, who are very, you know, intense with, with um, the things that they say and the statements that they throw around and their aggressiveness oftentimes as well? So no, they're not students who want to be there. And, and something that I struggled with a lot was that we, it, it almost seems like there's this expectation that everyone needs to be that kind of person. Everyone needs to be that student. And I think mm-hmm. that the students who were really right. able, who had the knowledge, who had the experience, who had the just 
yeah, and the, the desire, desire. And, and the skills to deliver that, they did that. And they were the right mm-hmm. choices for, for those sort of leaders on campus. And there could be multiple kinds of leaders on campus. And so um, I found that we had like students who fit into sort of different leadership roles. Mm-hmm. And some of them were purely cultural and they, they, they were not about trying to get into conversation or debate with a Palestinian about why Israel's legitimate or not. They just wanted to eat shakshuka and, and have a good time. And then there were the other ones who really wanted to have a political conversation. Um, and so that's something that I also think we forget. We forget that like we, there's this expectation that everyone needs to be, every Jew needs to be a, a, a Zionist and a pro-Zionist and an advocate as well. Um, and that, that gets complicated. It's a lot of pressure. Well, I think right. also that like, that, and, and, and I don't want to, I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but, but I think all conversations about Israel, Zionism on campus end up becoming something about the mm-hmm. political aspect. In other words, there's part of that expectation that you're saying, well, Jews have to advocate right. for Israel. Why do they have to advocate for any political position? Why should they care about politics if they don't care mm-hmm. about politics? It's not that it's not that it's not that ignorant Jewish ignorance about Israel is 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 a self-identity problem. But the fact that we always cast it as the tension on campus, which you're saying on many campuses, mm. it does, it, it's not that tense. It depends. It just depends. And, and, you know, and we tend to, yeah, we, we tend to look at worst case scenarios in a lot of issues, not just Jews on campus issues, but in a lot of topics. Mm-hmm. We'll look at like the worst case and then we'll catastrophize mm-hmm. that this is must, must be what it's like all the time. And we say, well, that must be the average. And it's not. It's the extreme... You know, outline. You know, outlier. So your comment, your your opening statement that you can't really talk about mm-hmm. Jewish life on campus. You can only talk about life on particular mm-hmm. campuses. And so this whole conversation that we have about campus, which is they're coming after you, you have to defend your people, is a really weird yeah. framing, I think, to a certain extent. And not that it's unimportant, not that it should be neglected. I just don't think it should be the only framing sure. about. Zionist, you know, participant on college campuses. Is that, am I being no, too wishy-washy? Exactly accurate. I think that we have to remember these, these are 18 year olds who just finished high school. You know, like they, they, they're going out mm-hmm. to explore a lot of different things and that's not just their Jewish identity. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think that the first thing, I mean, as you know, a Hillel professional, um, uh, the first thing that sort of was, I guess, essential for me was like, okay, you are on a journey to discover who you are in many different realms, I am, I find mm-hmm. that my, you know, I feel that my responsibility is to help you sort of seek out the Jewish identity piece of yourself, right? Because they're going to be seeking out um, other pieces of their identity in different ways on, on campus on their four years. And so right. that's my role as a Hillel professional. And so I was, at, was always asking myself, okay, well, so what can I do to help this individual person progress in their Jewish identity in some way? So that could be that this person should go on birthright. And it could be that this person should, um, mm-hmm. I should I should encourage them to attend Shabbat dinners, or it could be that I should encourage them to go, I don't know, hiking with a group of students. Like, it, 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 it's it's an individual thing, right? It's like, right. you have to get to know the person, which is why Hillel professional, well, at Hillel conferences, it's very encouraged to like go on coffee dates the first time to really know your students. Um, and then, you know, once you know this individual student, now you know how, to, hopefully, maybe, know how to direct them and say, okay, well, maybe this is inter- might be an event interest to you and this might be of interest to you um and then you know i've seen students start from a place like 
of, of maybe no knowledge at all, and they ultimately become the pro-proud Israel Zionist advocates that, you know, we all want them to be. Um, but not everyone. It doesn't, it doesn't always work like that. Or should it? I mean, when you're, you're, you're talking educationally, how do I help this particular student, you know, uh, achieve their yeah. potential? That's a very, that's a very, that breaks down student mm-hmm. by student. And so it becomes complicated. I just want to, you did mention that, that things, you said, and, and maybe, I, I don't remember your exact words, but you said that there are always these people who will protest yeah. Israel things on campus. And then you said, will protest Hillel sure. things on campus. Do you mean Hillel mm-hmm. things in general or at Rutgers? Like anything Hillel does, even if it's not related to Israel, there are people who will protest so, Hillel? At, at, at Rutgers specifically, we, we didn't, uh, the only protest against Hillel that we had as, as a as a Hillel, right, as a Jewish um, home on campus, was actually um, done by the uh, students um, who were part of If Not Now, um, which is like a, a mm-hmm. left-wing Jewish organization. A Jewish, um, And so yeah. they, they protest the Hillel itself. Um, but we didn't have any non-Jewish students. For, ex- for, for um, what? What was If Not Now protesting Hillel for? I think for existing birth for right. being <laughs> I think it uh, I honestly it was such a long time no, ago. Um I think it was around frustra- I think they were frustrated that there were certain speakers and certain events that um that Hillel would just not not be okay hosting in the building. And I think that was frustrating well, to them. I mean you had the whole open hill you had the whole yeah. open hill mm-hmm. movement. Right. A bunch of yeah. years. before, if not now, you had the open hill movement, where there's a uh, the, that was a huge controversy, and they were like coming out of Swarthmore mm-hmm. College, and then there was the, uh, a few that tried to de I don't know how would you call it, defund right. Hillel and open open hill I don't know what right, to right. call it, but I, I was uh, I was uh, thinking um, when you were talking about really how how um, challenging Jewish identity is. Yep. And and how much look we're Zionists, so we've built you know we believe in Jewish identity built being built around Israel, but for a kid growing up in America, you know, who who doesn't necessarily come from a, a Zionist background or a, or an even a strict stri- you know a strong Israel background, or necessarily a strong Jewish background, like th- those they they could be very and even someone who does come from those backgrounds, those could be very yeah. confusing things and very challenging things, um, and at just the fact you said okay well. Uh, you know, that, this person is Shabbat, you know, sort of Shabbat birthright. Like, mm-hmm. those are all things. Those are like, you know, it's a very, that's very confusing because here you have religious ritual, you know, um, national mm-hmm. identity, uh, you know, or cultural, like you're saying, you know, shakshuka, all kind of blended in. And I think that that's a big challenge of, of Jewish identity yeah. today. Yeah. Um, certainly, certainly on American college campuses. So, in other words, if I'm looking at a Jew, what, when I want to represent myself as a Jew, how, how do I do that to other sure. people, right? Am I the Jew who likes to go to Shabbat service? Am I the Jew who's, as you say, going to stand up on the soapbox about Israel? Am I the Jew who, you know, is going to invite everybody for shakshuka, which is actually, yeah. I think, uh, maybe one of the strongest um, <laughs> yeah. draws there. Yeah, food is always uh, To me. You're such a, you're such a committed <laughs> vegetarian, Alan. It's just... Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think one, I, I mean, on that note. So, so how do you, my question again is how do you negotiate that? Like how do you negotiate that on campus? As an educator or as a student? Yeah, as, a, as an educator. 
like you in your position that was like a tough it seems like it was a mm -hmm. really tough position to be in like how do you you know how do you work with that i guess you have to be all like, things it's very to all easy people for me i'm in the class i'm in the classroom it's really easy for me i get to talk yeah. theoretical but you're yeah. like sitting the mo like right next to people and saying okay i want to help you that's not a, not a simple thing um i think i think the first and probably most important thing and and what i'm talking about now is more more so unaffiliated students as opposed to affiliated because affiliated students already usually come in with a, a some kind of strong Jewish identity whether that's I'm you know I went to reform summer camp or right. I you know I've been modern orthodox my whole life so mm -hmm. I'm not really talking about those people I'm talking about more of like the unaffiliated students that come I think part of it is is helping them recognize and identify that you know you are part of this really ancient historical you know family um, which is connected to a culture and a nation and a land and, and a, all of these things. And, you know, you have four years here uh, on campus to sort of figure out who you are. And this is a part of who you are. And so I am, what I am offering you is a chance to sort of explore that a little bit and understand what that means. Right, because most of them don't even understand what that means. Most of them just have been trying to avoid it their whole life mm -hmm. because someone laughed at them when they were in, uh, I don't know, when they were in fourth grade because you know, threw money at them. I mean, I've had stories like that where unaffiliated students will come and say, well, like, all, you know, all the Italians in my school always, like, threw out anti-Semitic remarks to, towards me. And so I just kind of just gave it up. Like, it wasn't something that I even wanted to touch. Mm -hmm. And so it's breaking that boundary of, like, you know, Judaism could be fun, you know, your wow. identity could, could be meaningful to you, it could be relatable, it could be, you know, it doesn't have to be like, I don't know, I think a lot of, in America especially, there's these stereotypes that it's like, you know, Woody Allen, this like nerdy Jewish, or like Seinfeld, you know, it's like yeah. not cool. Um, and that's also something that's, that's complicated to combat sometimes. Right. Well, yeah, but there's also, this, there's also this alternative of it. it is kind of cool, that there's this sort of cachet of being not, you know, totally bland and vanilla that you have, you do have a cool ethnic Sure, connection. I mean, and that also in today's world, it's becoming more and more, right? Like, the whole concepts of intersectionality and, like, everyone comes with their unique history mm -hmm. and their culture and, and that's become, that's being on the mm -hmm. forefront of what culture is and what, you know, what's, what's, it, what's in, basically. Um, so when you see, like, the multicultural club or, like, the Latino student group, you know, blasting their music on on the main drag of campus and they're dancing all day and they have like all of these really cool uh cultural foods that they're sort of like giving out to show people um and they're making it cool so so in a way you know part of it part mm -hmm. of the, i hate to say it like this but part of the job of hill professionals is to also be like we can do the same thing there's like it's not it doesn't have to be different than yeah. that um so so yeah I don't yeah, know. Don't, don't, don't hate to say that. That's okay. You know, to be right, part yeah. of the right. Jews should be able to be part of that conversation it's proudly. Yeah, that's so, good. So that's now I'm gonna, a, but I'm going to push back now. I'm going to push back now on this. Unless you, I was getting gonna, at. Uh, unless you're Alan, in which case you should be ashamed. <laughs> of that, apparently. No, you're not ashamed. But you're you're going to serve you're going to serve shakshuka and not get filled the fish. Yeah, well, yes, of course. <laughs> yes. Or right. both. And that is so, and that I think that is confusing. And I'm mean, saying that's confusing, right? When I so am I pushing right? That, you understand? Really? You, is that true? I mean. I, I would rather have shakshuka than gefilte fish. You're going to serve falafel. <laughs> you're going to. I'm saying you're going to serve falafel over yeah. gefilte fish or right. matzo ball soup, right? You're not going to bake a big vat of matzo ball soup on the. You're going to make you do good yeah, falafel. Sure. Yeah, that that's that's mm. confusing because confusing. most Amer most American Jews yeah. come from Ashkenazi. It's changed from when I was right back right. in the 20th century. Today, there's much more 
Sephardi influence and, and Israeli influence mm -hmm. are coming in. But certainly the core of American Jewry is Ashkenazi Jewry and Ashkenazi yeah. foods. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, that's... Look, I'm, like not a, I'm, not a, I'm not a menu coordinator for Hillel, but I would yeah. think you would want to do a mix where you would put in some, whether it's sure, kugel sure. or gefilte fish or something yeah. that's good, and mix that so, in with the shakshuka and the kibbeh. That's probably yeah. for the, Friday night dinner. That's <laughs> yes. for Friday night dinner. But if I'm doing a big exactly. event on campus, I'm not serving exactly. kegel with her. You got to. No, you have to. No, I would say dafka. But, that's they're, not. You, so, but they're not doing right. that. That's what I'm saying. They're not doing that. That's it confusing. It is confusing. And also... Yeah. Um, Keep in mind that a lot of the students that we're trying to, to reach out to with these big campus events, right, like we might touch 500 people in one day. And um, so it, it goes, mm -hmm. it, go, it says a lot what we're going to serve, right? So if we do serve the herring or we do serve the gefilte fish, they right. might be like, well, I'm not walking by that, you know, that building again. So that, that also right, has, you know, but also keep in mind that the, the students that we're touching, they don't have that frame of reference usually. They don't know what gefilte right. fish is. They don't know what uh -huh. they don't know. So it's right. like if their first touch right. and their first introduction to, to Israel or Judaism, whatever it is, is, oh, that fat falafel or that cool shakshuka or whatever, that like, that like, uh, you know, Omer Adam, Adam song that was playing in the background, um, it's, right. that's their, that's what they know about Judaism. And then maybe they go on birthright and then Bichlal Kiru, they're exposed to the Israeli, uh, you know, the Israeli um, culture, which right. is mm -hmm. more Middle Eastern than it is Ashkenazi right. um, in terms of food and culture and music and things like that. Mm. But, that's right. an interesting no, question, sure. which is right. How educationally uh, to set them up? If you look at Hollywood, you can see mm -hmm. a Hollywood movie. They're going to yeah. play Havana Gila totally. if it's a Jewish movie, not right, right. not an Israeli modern. Song. Even when they talk and about Israel, American yeah. Jewish jokes about Israel are about how it's right. Ashkenazi. Right. They use Ashkenazi 100%. cliches. Right, like look at the Simpsons, right? The, the Simpsons, and they get it right in terms of the right the plane coming in, and that Simpsons when they come to Israel, and it's and like the, a, yeah, a right. black hat, right? Yeah. Right. So I, my point is, I think that we 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 blur these. I think we blur these categories. We put these expectations in terms of Israel and Jewish identity, and it and cause uh, you know a lot of. You know, maybe dissonance yeah. in some ways with their, you know, natural Jewish identity. Some of that. I, 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 I'm just throwing out there as a, yeah. as a thought. Well, I, I think ig ignorance and apathy are the biggest challenges. Like it's just, yeah. it's just devastating. And look, I, you know, Seth Rogen yeah. should live and be well. And I don't, I don't really think it's an important. It's just interesting because we have this fascination with yeah. celebrities. But he's clearly yeah. a guy, you know, who just doesn't know much about. And he's, he's, he came from an affiliated background. Just doesn't yeah. know that much about Judaism or Israel. Strongly identified. He, I think, he went to day school in Vegas. I would even and, say until a certain age, and I think he yeah. proudly identifies publicly as have, having yeah. a Jewish identity. But just, you know, making jokes from a position, uh, and, and uh, let's assume he's making jokes, but from a clear position of yeah, real I, ignorance. I don't think he. Yeah. And and you know how do you deal? How do, I was just yeah, gonna go say ahead. I I think what he says I, I I disagree with it. I don't. I think it's wrong, but it makes complete sense to me that he would say that. Given my experience with right, exactly. my experience with students, right. it just makes complete sense. Right. Which is <clears throat> part of the problem is if you have these very strongly unified uh, pro-Palestinian groups on campus that are coming for it, they're coming for the Israel students, they're coming for the Zionist students, and that's their mission, and they're prepared for it. Um, and you have thousands of Jewish students who are just unaffiliated. Forget Israel; they're just unaffiliated. They don't understand mm -hmm. even like Seth Rogen. I right. don't understand why. Jews need a state. Like, it doesn't make sense. And in their 
cultural context right. and, and their, you know, the way that they see the world and the way that it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't because no one's ever explained it to them. And so that's right. why programs like in my opinion, you know, sending them to Israel on Birthright or, or, or other Israel programs is crucial because even if they don't do anything more Jewish in their entire life, at least they'll understand that. At least they'll get off the plane and they won't see the black hats and hear Havanagila. They'll see and experience and witness something right. completely different, um, which which changes their, their Jewish identity even if they don't, never touch it again. It, it changes something in, in, inside. But- but Seth Rogen has clearly been to Israel, no? He's been yeah, to Israel. Yeah, m- multiple times he's been. He's been to Israel multiple times. So I think, I think the, the problem is, uh, is um, I mean, I think obviously all these programs are important yeah. in bringing, because Israel I've been doing it for, you know, <laughs> my whole professional life. Um, but the, the, the problem I, is, I forget, who was it in the, was it Martin uh, Kramer in the Mosaic uh, magazine a while ago who identified is that as Americans are becoming just less, institutionally yeah. religious connected so they're becoming less Jewish and so the, the people like Seth Rogen say I don't I, he said it clearly like it's religion like uh, why does a religion which need, I like, think that's, I that's think all of religion is silly in like any yeah. context so why would yeah. I care so and if it's because of safety then it doesn't mm-hmm. seem safe from where I'm looking yeah so he, and, and he I, completely characterizes as a, as a religious aspect right and I think or a lot security of as security and a lot God of in the Holocaust. come to Israel, yeah, yeah. God in the Holocaust, mm-hmm. as we say. But when it comes to Israel and they look at it, they don't necessarily make an immediate identification with Israelis, Israelis as as a as a people, right? Even when they come to Israel, a lot of times they're 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 connecting to the religious, right, uh, or not Co- connecting to the religious or not uh, symbols like the coat, like the Western Wall, the Kotel. Uh, or they're having a great time hiking, but that doesn't necessarily right. They don't like so. Okay, so they have a better understanding. Okay, of a place. I go to a place. I know it a little bit more of a connection, but they don't. They still doesn't not feel like mine. And those jumps. people aren't right. Mine. Yeah. In other words, it's still a relig- It still stays within a religious ca- uh, a religious category for them. And I'm not religious, so it's not really. It's not really. I think it depends that, what trip they're on. Where I think the Seth Rogen's of the world. <laughs> it depends on. what trip they're on. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Who who was Seth Rogen's tour guide? Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like, the the yeah, for sure. The one of the someone I don't know if you guys know Avram Infeld. He was one. He was uh, the director of Hillel for a long time, I believe. Um, and he has this whole yeah. speech mm-hmm. that's very famous that he gives. It's like that's the five like a table, and he just says Judaism's not a religion. Judaism. Five people. And yeah. so that is something that that yeah. I think has sunk in with the um, sort of uh, uh, like you know foundational approach of or educational approach of Hillel, of Birthright, of these major organizations that are touching Mm -hmm. thousands of students. Um, And I think think that's really helpful. I think that's really helpful. Because I... I, for one, don't believe that my students returned thinking that after after birthright, don't don't return believing that okay now Judaism is just a religion. I think they see a whole different side of of what they what this could be for them. Uh, so I would I, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they get that inkling. What I what I mm-hmm. found in the classroom mm-hmm. in gap year with students for sure. uh, like going for a year. So you're talking about them, the most affiliated, the most educated. They still struggle with that idea yeah. at the end of the year, even uh, after being in Israel for a year. I would put it a little differently. It's, it's conceptually very hard for them. Yeah, I would put it a little differently, and I'm agreeing with you. But I would uh, just look yeah, at it from a slightly different perspective. No, sure. I think, and look, Leo, you have a master's in education. I don't, so tell me if I'm wrong. But uh, it seems to me that 
Nechama Leibovitz once told us, how much do you mm. remember from high school? Mm-hmm. Really remember in terms of details. You want to get your students to love the thing, and you want them to have big ideas that they remember. Because the details, everybody forgets the details from school. And somehow, when it comes to Israel education, the big ideas that students are left with is, Jews are connected to Israel because of God mm-hmm. and the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a North American Jewish education problem about it, Israel education. You ha- The big story always comes down to, and this is, I've seen this with Orthodox students, I've seen this also mm-hmm. with non-Orthodox students. They understand that it's the promised land from God to Abraham, whether mm-hmm. they believe that or not. And they understand that it was created because of the Holocaust, which isn't even true, whether you believe it or not. So... So there are these, these contentious, weird little mini things that they come out with as mm-hmm. the big picture. I don't know how to change that at the point when they get to college because they've yeah. spent their whole life with this weird narrative of Israel, which isn't Israel's self-narrative. It's certainly not what the Declaration of Independence says. It's certainly not what Herzl said. It's certainly not what Ben-Gurion said. It's certainly not what Begin said. It's not, and, and, and I don't know how to fix that or address that mm-hmm. or... That's yeah, you you hit it on the nose. I think I think the most successful students that I've seen uh in colleges come come in with that and have an an open enough mind mm-hmm. to listen to their peers and 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 you know other, you know, professionals or speakers that we bring in um and and are open for the shift and are open to understanding and affiliating with Israel and with their Jewish identity in a much broader sense. Um but it's very hard. You've seen very, success with I that. I have. Yeah. But, but I you have seen? Have like there, there's, there's groups. There's groups. Right. I get um, what you're saying. But yeah. the most successful students are the ones who are able to break out of that, I think. And I think that also we have to keep in mind that the education that's happening with the later years, right, the college years or post-college years versus what's happening in high school and before that, right. different people, different approach, different understanding and idea of what they're doing and why right. they're doing it completely. So something's not in tandem here. Right. I think I think whether it's North American educators or even here in Israel, I, I think they're they're we've become comfortable with a model that isn't working for mm-hmm. us properly and we have to con- seriously consider a paradigm yeah. shift. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. But are you are you optimistic about the endeavor of educating diaspora Jewry? Um he says with like yeah. three minutes left in the podcast. Uh, some days I am, some days I'm less so. I think, um, I hope, I hope that the more uh, American culture um, prides, prides itself on, on minorities, which I see it happening more and more these days, I hope that Jews uh, themselves will, will feel a stronger connection to their own identity and feel like they can sort of be louder and prouder about that. And I think that's where the hope lies mm-hmm. right now, I would say. Um, because there is a push towards that individuality that's, it's not like you have to be this all-American person anymore. It's like almost not cool to be that all-American right. person anymore. So right. I, I hope that that is, that that's what pushes um, Jewish identity forward and Jewish affiliation forward. I, I can see it happening. Well, there's nothing we love more than ending an episode with a reasonable, <laughs> rational, sustainable Yay, optimism. I'm glad. <laughs> as hard as that is sometimes to find, uh, that was perfect. Usually I try to give one of those at the end of the episode, but I think uh, I can't uh, outdo that. Um, 
It's very nice to meet you. And I would say um, it's always, uh, you can tell pretty quickly in a conversation with somebody, even if they work in education, sometimes you're talking to somebody who may or may not really be an educator, even that's where they work. But Liao, it's a pleasure talking to somebody who's clearly a fellow educator. And thank you for your perspective and insight and for your work and good luck as you move forward. Uh, thank thanks, you. and keep in touch with us if you have things that you think we should be sharing with our Absolutely. students. Okay, and thank you, Alan. Thank you, Mike. Hey. Thank you, Liel. And Liel, you don't have to hang up, but I am going okay. to stop the recording because this is the end of the episode. Bye-bye. Bye. bye.